Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, welcome back to the Blathering Conversations. Ken Napsok, thank you, everyone who's been following me on this journey as, a re- as, as, as I return to interviews. Uh, I stumbled over that because I, I don't want to highlight my laziness. It, it'd be much easier for me just to sit at home and play video games uh, than making sure I sit down with uh, really cool people. But uh, I'm very proud of myself that we are now five weeks into me being back and interviewing folks, and we got a great one today. Uh, he's here right now. You see him on screen, so I don't want him just to stick sit there awkwardly. A few years ago, I was uh, going out to New York with Mark Ellis, and he said, yeah, I, I added uh, Kyle Lewis to the show, and if you know him, and I was like, I don't know who Kyle Lewis is, and uh, I'm glad I've had the chance to meet this man. He's talented, funny, insightful, uh, poignant. Uh, I think he does important comedy work while also just being damn entertaining, so everyone, please welcome. There's no live audience. There's no clapping. Kyle Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What's going on, everybody? I feel like we're doing the WWF face-to-face from back in the day right now, <laughs> where you have to go to Madison Square Garden, where it's Razor Ramon on one screen and Blink on the other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. like, you go, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, let me tell you, Razor. Um, that, <laughs> I used to love that stuff. I do. I kind of miss promoting the house shows. Uh, and, and you go to Poughkeepsie this week, where you're going to see Tito Santana versus El, uh, the, the Mountie. Um, Did you get? Yeah. Because you you're not from New York originally, no, right? No, or are no. you? Yeah. Did you get different dates, or they or did you get Poughkeepsie? I think. I mean, I just know Poughkeepsie is a great com- uh, comedy reference, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, that's fair. No, because I always wonder because like like which ones did you get? Because we always got Madison Square Garden and National sure. Coliseum. Like, did you guys get oh, like California ones and not Madison Square Garden? Yeah, no, definitely like LA uh, the Sports Coliseum. Uh, you know, the the, the uh, well, I was gonna say the the pond, but that that was a little bit late in the game. Well, mid nineties, the pond. Yeah, but yes, it was definitely regional. Definitely regional. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, there's so many different promos out there. Then just <laughs> imagine the workload. Imagine the workload oh of these God. wrestlers. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. I want to highlight up top too. Thanks for those who have supported and checked out my comedy album uh, in my day. Life of the Harrison Pub in London available on Bandcamp. Special edition available there, and it's on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else. Uh, thanks for the support. And a new endeavor is on its way. Some music. That's right. I co-wrote some songs with a band called the Moonagers. That well, we started. Me, Brian Tiller, Sean Arnold got some songs on the way. Uh, coming out November 3rd, our first single. And it's weird to say, it's a fun little passion project. Put a lot of energy into it. So look for that uh, link and description, uh, all that good stuff down below. But Kyle, let's get into the business here. Um, you went right where I wanted to start with you. I don't plan these interviews out, uh, but wrestling, 
and comedy. They seem to go hand in hand. I know a lot of wrestling fans who are comics. I know a lot of comedy fans who are wrestlers. And there's a lot of crossover. Where did all that begin for you? What came first in your life? The love of comedy, the love of wrestling? Uh, I would say the love of wrestling. The first thing I ever saw was WrestleMania 8, Hulk Hogan being saved by the Ultimate Warrior. Um, oh, yeah. Sid Justice, Papa Shango, that whole thing. Poor Papa Shango, by the way. <laughs> Shango blowing his spot. Yeah. Blowing his spot. If you look back at it, I think I watched like a What Culture video. Mm-hmm. And like, you can see the look on his face where he's just like, oh, I know I fucked up. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> the absolute biggest moment of his career. Up until that point. I mean, he was great in glo- uh, Global as Soul Taker. I remember rooting for him there. Um, so that's the WrestleMania 8, which, I, you know what? In terms of WrestleManias, um, I think that one's overlooked. I'm not going to call that underrated in the grand scheme of WrestleManias, but I have I have fond memories of that one. Flair and Macho. Yeah, they have some uh, really big matches that stand out. There's Flair and Savage. There's yeah. Brett Piper. Uh, depending on how you feel about Hogan and Sid and all that stuff, there's that one too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, as a, it's like the coming out party for Shawn Michaels, right. Undertaker, and Bret Hart. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what, cool. t- Taker and uh, was it Taker and Jake that year? Or was that seven? Yeah. Seven. Yes. Taker and Jake, and no Michaels and Santana. Like it's a. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, that, though that Piper, uh, I am a I'm a Bret Hart Bulldog Piper Michaels. Too, but uh, like uh, those are my three guys from that era that I looked up to then, and then look back and, and enjoy their work and 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 their influences and, and other creative things I've done. Uh, is that uh, as wrestling? What part of, drew you into wrestling first? The, the the promos, the comedy, the action, all of it above. Literally, this running, this man running in underwear <laughs> and tassels to the heaviest rock song <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Because I knew, I don't know how I knew this as a kid, but before I even saw WWF, at least my first memory of WWF, WWE, I knew who Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior were. I don't know why I knew who they were, but I knew who they were. And then my brother, we were watching it. um, Let's just say through dishonorable means, (laughs) we were able to watch the show. But I was like, as a kid, running around all that stuff. And he called me into the room. He was like, they're jumping Hulk Hogan. Now I don't know who these two guys are. And then Bobby Heenan says the iconic line, he doesn't have a friend left. And then you hear the ultimate warrior. Da, 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 and he makes that long sprint. The longest it's sprint. All, yeah. For for the for the non-wrestling fans, it's like the Avengers Assemble scene. <laughs> every, the, the person you need to come through comes through, saves yeah. Hulk Hogan, and then these two guys are celebrating to end the show. And now we don't talk about them with such reverence anymore. But yeah. that's... But back then, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a weird, uh, almost sliding scale of of there. There's a slight chance there's more reverence for Hellwig, Ultimate Warrior, than Hogan. I don't. I think it's a push, but <laughs> it's weird how things have even changed over over the last few years. But that's that's a seminal moment, and, and you're right. That, that speaks to um, uh, uh, putting the real people aside for a second. Just the character of the Ultimate Warrior, derided. You know, I, I get it. He wasn't the the best wrestler, but that was part of the appeal. He was larger than life that's what vince wanted he know? was very larger than life and that's when he was smaller i never yeah. saw the bigger warrior i only saw that guy yeah. was, so when people are like he's smaller he's a different guy I'm like what are you talking about that's the only warrior i know oh you see but, yeah, yeah did you fully did you feel the full impact of of the ultimate warrior is dead and this is a new guy did, did um i got i didn't feel it then i did have uh years later when i was working uh at a different job my 
my boss at the time tried to tell me that there were two warriors and that there was like a different cane. And, you know, right, as a right. wrestling fan, you hear this like a million times. I was like, it's not true. And he got mad at me. He was like, it's two warriors. I saw it. I was like, okay, I'll go get the boxes. I'm like, okay, fine. That's like a, two ultimate warriors. a fight I had in the uh, uh, summer of 1999 with one of my coworkers was telling me about the documentary called Blair Witch coming out. And I was like, it's it's not real, man. It's a movie. And he's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> People forget the cultural impact of that movie. It was a legit argument this guy was having with me. So, uh, warrior. I love when people get worked, like just get worked about <laughs> about things, and they think there's especially when they're like wrestling's fake, and then they get like worked over something that happens in UFC or the Blair Witch Project or something like that, <laughs> and they think they're smarter than them. But no, everyone gets worked. I love getting worked. Everyone's Why would I not want to? I miss it in a way. This is uh, leaping a few steps. I want to transition into comedy down the line here, but this is what I love doing, just blathering my way through these conversations. Uh, wrestling now, and 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 you are a, a still an active fan. I'm a classic fan, meaning I, I pay attention with the socials. I follow a lot of wrestlers. I don't sit down and watch it as much as I used to, uh, but I love it as an art form. I really do think it is an art form of, of, of storytelling. Um, but it... it I, I, I am mixed on how people look at it. There's a, there's a news side to it, a legit, not the dirt sheet kind of approach that's been, you know, dominant in the industry for 40, 50 years and beyond. But like, it's legit. But then I always feel like every surprise, like I, I would I would want to be worked. And it's hard. You can still do it, but I'd almost want to be worked. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I think a lot of the, uh, there's so much people on the internet now and it's all about getting that buzz. Yeah. Using Jade Cargill as one of the latest examples uh, yeah. WWE wanted you to know that ESPN's reporting Jade Cargill and this reports Jade Cargill rather than her just showing up. Yeah. Her just showing up would be really cool. But and they and they were able to pull that off maybe a couple weeks before uh, with The Rock. The Rock mm. made a surprise appearance on SmackDown and we didn't know what was going to happen. I actually I went to go get dinner and then I came back and I'm like, hey, it's the first ten minutes of SmackDown. Like, I don't know what else is going to happen. The bloodline, blah blah blah. I was turning on. Like, what the fuck is the rock doing in the middle of the ring? <laughs> yeah, that's part. Of, I, I'm trying to think. The last time, um, again, I don't watch regularly, but last time I think I was legit. Like, whoa! It might have been the Hardys' return at WrestleMania. Oh, that ago. was so good. It was so good, and I know that I know yeah. that's always the case. And I and I get the business side of it exactly what you're describing. Like ESPN uh, covering it in any way, shape, or form. And I know that level of coverage has changed over the years, um, but. That that was that's crazy to go back to a kid in the eighties and go you know imagine Chris yeah, Chris Berman covering WrestleMania <laughs> seven that would never happen. <laughs> Can you cover the, the the fact that they got in trouble or something? I forgot they got in trouble. WrestleMania seven they had to move venues. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter character was a problem. Yeah, yeah, wild times. The first time I saw wrestling really covered as actual news was the Vince McMahon trial in the early nineties. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about uh, Dark Side of the Ring, by the way, because yep. it's always just like Vince McMahon did this, that, that, and then they go on to other people, and then it's like The Simpsons. They're like, and we'll have plenty more on Vince McMahon. And Vince is like, God damn it, leave me alone. It, do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do um, th this spills over a little bit into comedy uh, down the line. Uh, you as uh, I, I, I don't, you don't know you on a deep personal level yet. We could, we could still get there, but I, I'd call you a. Uh, a pretty uh, principled and progressive person, at least in some of what the things you're trying to get out there in comedy. You have a lot of purpose to what you're saying a lot of times on stage. Um, I, I've struggled recently, too, with wrestling where I just 
I look back and I go, who who the hell was I rooting for as a person? Does can he separate art from the Ultimate Warrior? I try to, but you can't. Do you struggle with that at all on any level? Yes, all the time with with that, with music, with everything. Yeah, uh, I wish I could be one of those people who are just like art from the artist and just live my life. I'm almost envious of them. Yeah, uh, I at certain moments stick out like Hulk Hogan, like cannot stand mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 2002. Yeah. Me 18, when he and The Rock comes out and that whole Toronto crowd just goes crazy for him. Yeah. And I was, I, I, you, you gotta love it. Like, you gotta love that moment. Like, yeah. even if you don't like him, um, Undertaker wears a lot of nine line shirts. You can take that how you want to take it. I'm just gonna put that there. Yeah. You're gonna be really into the military or elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I still cheer him. Like, it's hard to, like, not enjoy The Undertaker. So I guess it's really, Case by case, it's hard. It's just hard. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 it spills over into real life too. You know, as I've had a lot of my my friendships affected over the years, and as things have changed dramatically, as I've changed, I, I was a small town conservative uh, white kid from the suburbs, and 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 I I don't uh, I'm far from that. I'm still a white kid from the suburbs, but I'm far from it, uh, and I've struggled with it, and it's hard to separate. Yeah, yeah. There's moments I I can't I can't take the joy of of Hogan at WrestleMania nine challenge you because I can't take that and put that on the shelf. But it it definitely it's for. See, I never had joy there. Never, Bret Hart. <laughs> well, oh, here's the thing. I was a Bret. I was a Bret Hart guy. I hated that Hogan did that. Uh, and I get, but like, I was at my friend Joel's house, dressed in a toga. All of us in togas, oh. jumping up and screaming. So, <laughs> well, yeah. if you're in the togas, you gotta. <laughs> you gotta. Yeah, and I don't mean to get so serious over it. I want to get back to some of the fun of wrestling, but. It's it's just uh, I was actually watching one of your 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 bits on Instagram. You have the, the great story of, of Hogan and uh, Hogan and racism and just how a Hogan match. Imagine that 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 the power of the Hogan comeback in in uh, the black community. Uh, and it's a powerful, poignant bit, but it's also just hilarious about the Hogan of it all too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so if we can survive a twenty minute beating, then if we can avenge twenty twenty one, the power of Hogan media. He starts shaking and he gets the fist. I think that would be perfect for us if yep. it was plausible. It, if it, he doesn't want to give us the money yeah. that he's made. Or, you know, maybe it's just a match we don't need to book in society, too. That, that's the thing, too. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that would yeah, be even that'd better. That would be good, right? Um, I don't think that's how they. <laughs> yeah, not how the world's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been yeah. Same with Vince. Like, I, I, look, and I'm okay with some of the complications. I don't know where, where you feel on that. Like, I, I think Vince McMahon is a genius and who took the, one of the biggest risks in, in, in the world, pop culture, business wise. And 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 look where we are because of that. He he destroyed the territories because I think he needed to. And I also contend Vern Gagne would have destroyed the territories. The Von Erichs would have destroyed the anyone would have done if they had the chance. He just did it. Um, I, I don't take that away from him, but what the special last couple of years and then that mustache, mm. I just, <laughs> I, I am forever have separated the the man from the myth, you know? Yeah. I think there's certain things you can acknowledge that are like, this happened. Uh, yeah. I still appreciate that this happened. Sometimes I even feel joy that this happened, but this person yeah. is also not great. Um, mm-hmm. Like using music as an example, the like I, Especially thanks to wrestling, there are some Marilyn Manson songs like the Beautiful People, the Fright Song, the WWF. Yep. Drilled, start drilled into your brain. Yeah. And I'm like, these songs are so awesome. The human being, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all can look that up. I'm not trying to slander them. Just, just, ooh. So yep. I can hear the Beautiful People and still vibe for a little bit, but I also know, like, 
I'm not gonna go out and buy a new album. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna follow him on social media. Yeah, and just 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 kind of a memory now. Yeah, just kind of a memory now is a great way to look at it. And 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 I and I'm all for. I mean, we are forever more exposed. That's just the way it is now. Social media, whatever you want to look at it, I'm okay with it. And, and it's a it's a good thing exposing a lot of the monsters. But even on on your shirt, you have Vince. You have one of my all time favorites, Roddy uh, Piper. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I got to know Rod a little bit working with him in comedy for a sh- one or two nights, but in wrestling, actually in, in a wrestling ring with him and. Um, and there was a guy who had a lot of complicated things in his past, uh, a lot of things in the ring that probably would raise some eyebrows uh, of things mm. said and done. But I, at the end, there was someone who had seemed to pay a price for it and was trying to give back in a lot of different ways. And and I and I think that's it's fair to learn both sides if that's the case. But I think a lot of other folks, they aren't doing what Piper was doing. <laughs> no, they aren't. I think uh, and Piper has an example. Like I maybe other black people feel differently. I don't care about the fucking match. Like, I don't care about it where he has to half, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was it good? Was it cool to do? No, (laughs) I don't, but I don't like, like, I don't think like it should be a race. I don't think like, I don't think that helps anybody. Yeah. It just removes some of these things. And not just Piper. I remember when, uh, uh, a few years ago when people were trying to be trying to figure out what to do about black lives matter, they were taking out so many episodes of just things where there's a racial joke and some of these jokes were terrible. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. cut the episode if you, I mean, cut the scene if you need to, but they're right. cutting out entire episodes, trying to act like it doesn't exist. Like, I don't think that's that's how you do it, personally. I don't think that helps. You, you know, yeah, I, uh, and your perspective on this is way more valuable than mine, but yeah, it, there's something to, not just, hey, it was the times, but I think you need to analyze the times. Then why was that? And this is there, and, and it's going to stand out, and, you know, Comedy changes and everything, but comedy, the the war on comedy is a false flag operation anyways. There's never been a war on comedy. There's just people who don't want to adjust and change who feel as though they're being attacked. Um, But yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't want, I don't, I don't need all the 30 Rock, uh, you know, it's always sunny Philadelphia uh, edge pushing humor there. But I think it's okay to look at it and go, why? How how did this happen? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why? Why? Go ahead, go ahead. I think they just I think they just didn't want to have to explain themselves like every ten years when a new generation is like, what the hell is this? And they're like, oh not again. So I yeah. guess on that front. The yeah. one that pisses me off, there's two, and these are cartoons. Um yeah. Tom and Jerry, the the best to me, the best episode of Tom and Jerry is when Tom, Jerry, and the dog Spike all have a peace treaty and they're all working together. Yes. Uh and then they all lose it over a stake and start fighting again. But there's one scene where a car goes by and oil splashes on them and they have blackface for whatever reason. They got the music. <laughs> no, 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 no. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Can easily be cut. Instead, they cut the entire episode from, like, you can't find it. I'm just like, right. no, just cut the scene. It's not that hard. Just- I could do it on on yeah. my phone if you really need that to happen yeah 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 but, i mean yeah if 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 we're cutting uh you know a two-second uh, uh lesbian kiss from rise of skywalker for the china market i i i think we can you know cut it cut cut something a scene from the past easily <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. but no they just take that out completely another cartoon this one was called magical maestro uh attack yeah. savory i believe made it and it's you might have seen it. It's this dog who was like performing opera, and another dog has like a magic wand that makes them do like different things. No. It's very, very it, they they attack everybody. They attack <laughs> Asia. They attack black her. people. They attack country people. They attack everybody. Everybody. Like, it was like, and they would show that sh- uh, 
on TV, like no, with no issues for a very long yeah. time. Uh, now you can't. You can only find it in fragments on YouTube. But uh, no. I guess not talking about that in description. That one should probably stay in the vault. Right? <laughs> but I personally enjoyed it. No matter, yeah. everybody caught strays. Let's put it as a guess. Well, yeah, yeah, sometimes satire, you know, maybe doesn't hold up over the years, but then yet we have, you know, you could probably get the entire, uh, like, F Troop, uh, which has, you know, Italian American Americans as Native Americans on screen or something like that. And that's just, that's there. That's on Nick at Night. It's okay, you know. <laughs> They're like, why not? Show, why not? Show us, no um, I just want my old cartoons and racist. No, <laughs> I want my old racist cartoons back. Uh, um, I, I, that's a good spot. I, I, um, uh, with comedy, I, 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 I don't ever want to put words in anyone's mouth. And when I, when I say that, uh, uh, you know, your comedy to me has some great purpose and poignancy behind behind it. Also, you have some just wonderfully silly things too, and you're very funny. One, one of the things I always uh, love about your sets because I see them usually about once a year or twice if you're out in San Diego. You're funny overall, but you've always got one or two little details that just get me so cracked up. Um, whether it's the white guys talking about, you know, bands they saw in concert or the, this recent bit you have that I saw about, uh, uh, you know, uh, white women in the office. I'll let people find that on the Internet. It's hilarious. Um, uh, what drives your, 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 your comedy in general? I, I know some nights it might be silliness. Some nights it might be you got something you want to say. But how do, how do you approach that? How do you find your voice? Um, I don't, it's interesting. I honestly, I just, I go through just whatever's going on in my head and things yeah. that I like, I want to say, uh, especially like when I first started, I was a lot of like, I was just trying to date, date a lot. So everything was dating is crazy. Tinder's crazy. This is the, right. this is the date I went on that. Yeah. yeah. Swiping and all that. Swiping's hard. You see, <laughs> yeah. I remember even the first time I did an open mic, someone did a Tinder joke. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> not, no, not realizing that, hey, this is going to be the fifth Tinder joke they heard today. <laughs> this is across the board. Yeah, yeah, I had, an but, e, but yeah. I had an e-harmony joke I gave up about 2007. Yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> you eventually stop it. Uh, but then I started, like, uh, I was just like, I kind of got tired of talking about that. And I was just trying to think of just other mm -hmm. uh, topics and things just kind of going on in my life. And I'm a nerdy guy, so I never yeah. shy away from that. And if I can make that more universal, like I'm not going to break down the intricacies of an episode of Dragon Ball with you, but if yeah. I can make like a, a a joke that everyone can get, or like Superman being black, mm. if everyone can get, I'll, I'll do that. And um, more recently, uh, I was talking, now not recent anymore, but, you know, the uh, just the instance with Black Lives Matter and everything going on and the responses that I was getting from people like as sad as everything was going on, it's kind of funny that like my fifth grade bully is like, "Hey man, I'm real sorry about everything," <laughs> and I just want to help back. It's yeah. like, no, you what? Like you don't have to tell me this or like apologize for saying the n word. Like I don't. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like I've gotten, I got a lot of weird messages from people, and I was just like, some of these are hilarious. Yeah, want you're awkward, and I'm. Watching racist cartoons. Come with me. I don't. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Let me live my my life. That's yeah. So it just kind of so things like that uh, drive me. I just want to be. I just want to be. It sounds generic. I just want to be fun and funny. I just want you to enjoy yourself. Yeah, 
that, what, but then that that to, that to me in a roundabout way, again, not to put words in your mouth or answer for you, the fun and funny, uh, the the truth that comes out of your experiences, uh, whether or not it's super super intentional, like you're like, all right, tonight I've got to write this joke about what's going on with me in the, in the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, here it comes. It just comes from your life, but then that speaks to a great confidence you found as a comic and, and as, a, as 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 a voice on stage. I think. Um, was Thank that, you. was that a struggle at all early on? Uh, you know, speaking from my own experience in this, in stand up, in and out for 20 years now. And I'm only recently just realizing here's who I want to be and here's who I think I am on stage. It took me a long time. Uh, I, I, I and we all have our own journeys. Um, were, were you lost the, the Tinder moments? Were you lost? Was it just you trying to, I got to do what I think a comic does and did it eventually click in or was there a magic moment? No, I think I was lost. I think uh, I, cause I started with a comedy class and the comedy class teaches mm. you that like not suck for five minutes. That's what I tell yeah. everyone. Like, cause a lot of people want to go up and they'll just talk and they're done. And like, um, if I burp, I'm sorry. Cause I was trying to get water before I started <laughs> and I couldn't and I got Pepsi. So now I'm just going to, it's probably just going to keep happening. It's all right. <laughs> but, this is, this, is, but, this uh, is a raw and truthful, confident show now. Exactly. You're going to get a lot of Barney Gumble burps. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I, it teaches you how to not suck. And, you know, after a few years, you just kind of feel stuck about like, what do you want to say? Uh, even though I do love the nerd stuff, some people look at me as just a nerd comic. I'm like, that's oh, really? not true at all. Yeah. They're like, or the or a wrestling comic, because you got the wrestling jokes. It's like you do only nerdy things. I'm like, I mentioned Superman, who's a universal human <laughs> being. Know. Not human being, but a universal character. I'm not <laughs> yeah, talking that. about the deleted scenes on stage. Like <laughs> Yeah. So like I'm trying like right now, I'm trying to not officially push away from that, but maybe mm. like move forward. Like I really like my current stuff now. The thing that just happened. Uh, in a barbershop and for people oh, yeah. who haven't heard the joke uh, I was at uh, my local barbershop and <laughs> they were cutting my hair and then they saw a nice woman walk by and they were like hey go talk to her and I was like I can't I'm literally in the chair and they were like oh so does that mean you like white women and then everything explodes from there yeah. um, so I kind of like that I can uh, pull from those things and yeah. uh, do a set maybe where you're not hearing like pop culture reference um multiple pop culture which i do bring those out for mark's shows because mark's fans are yeah. more pop culture friendly than a, a typical crowd and, and but, they and they they still are especially when we're down in san diego out in new york during that week for new york comic-con but you and i both have found like even this last round uh just at the time of this recording a couple weeks ago it was i think the first night you and i were both like oh it doesn't seem nerdy at all <laughs> no not at all I was like, well there go my doink jokes. Ah, you know, my elf jokes. All these ones, I was like, oh, they're going to kill it tonight. <laughs> not this time, which is great for Mark, by the way. Like, yeah. he has developed an audience that's not just oh, the wonderful audience that he had before yeah. and still does. He's got an, another audience that has found him. And early, yeah. Or even people who are just going out to see comedy on a Friday night and they're like, fuck yeah, we want to watch this guy. Like, that's great. Well, that's what we all want. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, and there's this delicate balance of, you know, especially doing the shows with Mark and, you know, we, we appreciate uh, an, an audience that's been brought in from the Schmodown, the Schmoes No Collider, Screen Junkie stuff that we've done. And But Mark will even tell you, and, and I want to say this carefully so no one takes offense, but Mark will tell you, like, but the nights where I make strangers laugh are that much more important and that much more valuable to me. Um, um, and so, yeah, this last round in New York, it, it, it didn't feel like 
a total home game for us. And that was a good thing. It was mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. And, I, and yeah, if anyone is listening, we do miss you. And you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, you no, guys are yeah. still awesome. Just, just, just putting that out there. Yeah. Trust Don't me. Don't want anyone getting upset. <laughs> trust me, I, I, I was at a, I did a Star Wars night of comedy on May 4th over here in Flappers in Burbank. And I, I was like, great. Uh, I got all my Star Wars and I wrote some new Star Wars jokes and I wrote that Star Wars book and I'm going to put on a Star Wars shirt and I get there and half the crowd didn't even know what Star Wars was. They were just there for a night of comedy and I felt so alone. (laughs) So alone. (laughs) You're just like, well, let's strap in, guys. But that's also a a good thing. uh, At least you're talking about growth and and, and comedy too. I think even a few years ago, if something like that happened to me, I would not be able to pivot. I thought, oh, Mm. we're going to go through all these jokes for 10 minutes. And yeah. especially this year between uh, Jen's, Jen Sturger, wonderful, mm-hmm. her shows in San Diego, and even this round with Mark, yeah. once you learn that the audience may not be as nerdy as you think it was, at least for these themed shows, you're like, okay, cool. I can, Yeah, you already in my head, I know where to go from A, B, C, D, when mm-hmm. a few years ago, I'd be stuck on A, and I would not be able to get out of A, and you would just have to bomb. Yeah, no, a few years ago, uh, it would be, I'm holding, for those in the audio, I'm holding up a piece of paper, but I'd be looking at my set list going, this is it. This is all I got <laughs> prepared to, this is what I memorized on the plane. And yeah, that that ability to, to check down and find the open receiver is uh, is key. Or, or as Mark will sometimes tell me, hey, you threw an incomplete pass or an interception on that joke. You got the next play and don't get in your head about it. So um, yeah, it's part of the growth as well. How, how long have you been doing stand-up now? Uh, nine years, which God feels bless. unreal. <laughs> been nine years uh i just started in 2014 i started with an improv class first oh. there were a lot of stand-ups in that class mm. yeah I, I didn't finish i didn't continue improv because improv my second improv class was like the guy was a level one instructor but he treated it like level five and he also looked like george jessen so i didn't take him seriously <laughs> <laughs> but Red, um, like i swear i watch more than cartoons i keep throwing out yeah this now. is these are some great deep cut rap well george, <laughs> i wouldn't call it george De- jetson deep cut but i don't know maybe for younger generations which was younger <laughs> like the reason i do i was a kid uh i was a cable kid and when you get cable and cartoon network's brand new that's all you watch and yeah. i was just a cable kid that watched so much cartoon network yeah. as a child and nickelodeon so that's why you'll always that's why I know who Huckleberry Hound is because there was nothing else on, <laughs> yeah. on Cartoon Network at the time there was no tsunami there was none of that yeah. stuff there was all their old Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the 60s that so makes I know uh, them. god that makes even more sense because I, I wasn't yeah with the moment you mentioned Tom and Jerry up top I was like that wow I haven't thought about Tom and Jerry in years but it's part of your <laughs> it's part of your yeah. soul yeah that's all they would show that's all they would show but no, I, I super tangent. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the guy, he was a very strict level five, level one guy, acting like a level five guy. Uh, like if you zip, zap, zop, yes. you zop instead of zip, he'd be like, it's zop. Like he would get mad at you. <laughs> he was that. <laughs> um, I tell this bit, and it's not just terrible, but it was mm. almost like this. Uh, he made us like describe how we were feeling or like talk about like, how it feels to go like shopping or like something you did that weekend. And this woman who was in the class just broke up with her boyfriend. So she's like, this reminds me of me going shopping with my boyfriend. We just broke up and she starts crying and she's breaking down. Um, and then he's just like, I know you're hurting, but we have to start to see. <laughs> and it's just like, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Like she, 
<laughs> we're just doing yes and, man. We're just doing yeah, yes and. Exactly. So now we're in a sad zoo. <laughs> when she's crying in the zoo. We got to work around it. Like what? One of the giraffes died in the zoo because yeah. he's tearing up. We got to work with it, I guess. This guy's like but, the, the Megatron of improv teachers here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. God, Transformers, wow. they did not show in Cooking <laughs> Not did. yet. Not but I do know them. <laughs> so what pushed you from improv to, to stand-up? I, 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 too, went from the improv sketch world to stand-up, but uh, what pushed you? It was even before that, I was working a logging job where you're just, like, mm. typing up things that are going on wow. on a video. And it was very boring. Very but I was just... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I had these thoughts of doing stand-up comedy in my head, like me on stage, and, that, and I, mm. I never have thoughts like that. I was like, I never even thought of doing stand-up comedy. I was like, what, what, why would I even do this? And the thoughts wouldn't go away. Uh, so Voices. when I did the class... Uh, there were stand-ups in the class, at least aspiring brand new stand-ups. Mm-hmm. And they were like, take this class because yeah. that's how you can start doing stand-up. And then I did my first show. You know, I did the class. Uh, my first thing they do in the class, they're like, all right, well, you're going to go up and perform. And I maybe have like scribbles of things that I think are funny. Yeah. But you're performing a five-minute set day one. And really? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you just have to go with it. And thankfully, by instructor uh karen i'm gonna butcher her last name karen Burgreen. i'm gonna look mm. it up real quick mm. i'm on mm. my work you i'm on my work account i almost said the name of my job <laughs> um well we'll keep your uh your shoot job secret yeah okay <laughs> my phone's not working. well karen Burgreen, i believe yeah. is how you say the last name okay um yep karen Burgreen. so make sure i got it right uh she was a wonderful instructor and still is a great comic and she worked with all of us I mean, it's all seemed better than we are, yeah. uh, but there is, it stuck with it. You know, it stuck with me. It stuck with a couple other people. We're still doing it nine years later, and hmm. I'm very happy I had those thoughts because who knows where I would be if I did it. That's great. Yeah, without those thoughts, you'd still be uh, stuffing data into charts. It seems documented. Yeah, exactly. You know. Oh. I, I, you know, I didn't take a uh, standup class. I did the other uh, improv and everything came with the groundlings and all stuff. But um, I sometimes wish I did. I, 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 I think standup classes, comedy classes can be, I don't know. There could be a stigma. There's definitely some bad teachers out there. Definitely people like any, like anything, not, not a, not a shock, but like, I think, I, I think sometimes people look down on them. I, 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 you're not teaching someone to be funny. You're already hearing the voices in your head, that, it, but it is, it is, I think it's a f- structure builder that I sometimes yes. think I miss in my performances. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It felt like a structure builder. Mm. You had a set and you worked through those sets for like six weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also had the Booker being like, you don't have enough people. Yeah. It's very scary to deal with. Yeah. But um, that's what the class does. It teaches you, if you have a bunch of jokes to where you're like, all right, well, I got, I went on a date and then I had a pie and then I had a sandwich and I also went on the bus and then you're just like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They tell you like, all right, well, maybe it's the pie you drop the pie on the girl during the date. That's why you have to take the bus. So the, you know, and they teach you how to form that story, uh, and that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, that, no, there's that's that kind of thing, and uh, yeah, how to just you know punch, you know, set up punchline, all that. Yeah, 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 get that. But like, yeah, how to how to approach it, and then just uh, one of my my old friends who uh, was is still doing comedy. Um, we don't really communicate much anymore because the lockdown turned him into an alt-right Nazi, but uh, maybe turn, maybe uncovered what was already there is the right way to say that versus turned into, Mm. but he was a a, a good comedy coach for a long time. And and I would hear some of his lessons and, and there, there was a lot of like, well, who are you? You're a, you're a, you're a mother. You're a, you're a, you're a niece. You're a this, you're a that, you're a a office manager. What are you? And that's where a lot of humor comes from too. And, and I go back back to those kind of basics when I'm struggling or looking for something new. Um, Cause, no, I I, yeah. I didn't feel that too. Cause that was something I'm like, cause I'm 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 getting older and I'm I'm in my thirties, uh, you know, later thirties, getting there. Mm. <laughs> Sorry if that sounds uh, <laughs> <Depressing>. <laughs> weird, but but like one of my you know my one of my best friends now has a kid. A lot of my other really good yeah. friends have kids. They're in that mode right now, and I'm I'm like still watching Dragon Ball. I need to like, like, so I'm like, I'm like, where do I go? How do I talk about this? What do I, how do I focus that? Um, I did have a joke. I did get a joke out of it about unsolicited baby photos because I was getting that from one of my friends who was so happy to be a parent and I'm happy for them. But that, like, don't yeah. send me your kid in spaghetti at 10 p.m. unprompted. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. Like, don't send, don't send me this photo of your child in the tub. Like, I don't, first of all, I don't need that on my phone in yeah. any capacity. But yeah, yeah. like, please <laughs> yeah, tell me yeah, it's please. happening. Like, how's your kid doing? He's doing great. Here you go. It would just be me watching TV and then I get a text and there's a baby in a tub. I'm like, don't. Don't. Okay. Don't. Please don't do that without telling me. (laughs) Please (laughs) put some description on there that I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Put the alt text. Let me know. You don't know where I'm going to be right now. And then I got to explain. Yeah. I have this baby. This uh, this this makes me think of uh, those normal quote unquote normal things, which are perfectly ex- uh, acceptable for those who want them and, and seek them out and have them. But do you the the, the marriage kids house? This isn't. I don't need to know all your details on this, but it seems like you are you're happy. The struggles are always real for us comics and anyone as an artist trying to put stuff out there. But it seems like you you like your position. You like this path, whether or not the the end is clear. You like what you're on, yeah. Yeah, I like what I'm on, and uh, I think that's kind of a reason why I'm single right now. I uh, <laughs> well, you just that you swipe. Can't, you see, not that you can't have a nice girl. Yeah, I got to swipe. I got to swipe and come up with these dates and <laughs> fuck white women in the office. Apparently. <laughs> 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 but, um, I'm not even cool enough to do that. If that was a possible, I would be so nervous <laughs> that a camera would, would be on. I would not be able to perform. I know myself. An I'd be office like, dress. Oh God, the camera's on. Yeah. yeah. Security yeah. guard's gonna walk by. Like I, I know my brain. Like it would just be look bad. I did 17 years in the public safety business. 12 years as a security director. I can tell you, if you think people aren't watching in a mall parking lot, they're watching. See, <laughs> they're watching. <laughs> and I'm not an exhibitionist. That does yeah. not get me off. Yeah, so. that might be might be the thing. But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. not not mine. Mm-hmm. But I, 
Yeah, yeah, fine. What was I saying? I yeah, yeah, I asked you the big, uh, the big, the big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maris, you look at me avoiding. It. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, of course, one day. Um, sure. Children, my my thing on children right now is I I would like some. I would obviously someday. Yeah. But maybe it's just the world and the things I see in the world. Like I'm scared to bring a fucking child in. Yeah. Not that you know, with these schools and guns and all this other fucking craziness. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely like would be afraid to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, trust mm-hmm. me, I'm not even there yet. There's nobody in my DMs who's <laughs> like, let's make babies. And maybe if that actually happened, my brain would be uh, sure. different. I'd be more ready. Sure. But just the thought of it right now, I'm just like, I, I'm just, I'm scared for them. I don't want that. That's not what I'm thinking about. You're not hearing those voices. You're still hearing the comedy. No, yeah, yeah. I'm still hearing the comedy voices. Exactly. The voices are babies. That's my grandmother being like, "Make babies." (laughs) That's not. That's not me. I'm just like, oh man, I gotta find that Tom and Jerry episode. Yeah, I gotta. Why did they remove it? Have you always been East Coast? Yeah, yeah. uh, Always been East Coast. Um, Did college in Connecticut, which was interesting Uh for a bit. Yeah, it's almost like pre gentrification because like it was Hartford and. Part of it was really nice, and then the next part was like the wire, and you're like, "What happened?" I went down a block. I just wanted just to watch like, a Hartford Whalers game. Now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I don't have a car. How did this happen? It was a. It was a. <laughs> but I met a lot of wonderful people in Hartford. I was yeah. in a. I joined the fraternity, which uh, mm. looked good. Like a fraternity that doesn't haze, which is nice because yes. Yeah. Don't want to put thumbs up butts and whatever yeah. the hazing fraternities do. Yeah. Um, Broomsticks belong on brooms. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, that should just be the motto of the non hazing <laughs> that, that should be life at the life motto. I know. I know what I'm, exactly. I'm also going to put, pitch that next time I see them. Next meeting of the alumni. <laughs> New slogan Broomsticks belong on brooms. Anyway, <laughs> turn in your number <laughs> this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did that. Mm. Um, and that's really just mostly East Coast. I've thought about moving to the West Coast. Yeah. Um, and I and I don't think I would mind it. I like enjoy like unlike a lot of comics. Yeah. I enjoy my time when I'm in LA, even though I don't do that much. Um, yeah. I have a lot of good friends out in LA, but I'm also very, very New York and I also can't. Mm. So I, I'd have to change some things yeah, yeah. about me if okay. I ever want to make that move. Yeah. But I am very, very New York. A good a good car for one, yeah. That that <laughs> yes, I would um, need that. Or I mm. spent a lot of money on Uber. Is there is there um, the only real time I've spent in New York comedy is at the New York Comedy Club with Alice Show, and, and I I uh, was bummed. We we left a day early uh, than we normally do. I would have uh, happily uh, attended your comedy select show, which those on the East Coast in the New York area, uh, Kyle's got a great show. I comedy would have been on it. Char- character yeah. select. Sorry, I said comedy select. Uh, yeah, character select. Uh, yeah, would have loved to. Uh, so we're going to aim for that maybe uh, next year. But um, uh, so I'm not. I, I understand the big overall general differences between the two coasts for decades in terms of comedy. But uh, is is that a real thing? Do you feel the differences? Oh, absolutely. I don't think I uh, embrace L.A. comedy mm. as much. I mean, because when I go, I'm usually there around Comic-Con. And yeah. then, especially now, more recently than, that, than before, if I go four days at a con, like, I'm like, maybe let me not see anybody because I was yeah. around a bunch of people. Yeah. So I don't want to go and Run just and start, like on everyone and give every, get everyone sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But even before then, um, I have other, I have friends who are, I don't want to be the person who goes to a friend's house and is like, all right, well, I'm doing eight different things. I'll only see you for bed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need to make, like, a trip trip 
Uh, although when I have done comedy in LA, it, it has been nice. I know I've heard it's a little more scattered. Like yeah. New York, a lot of people are very into doing like four, three, four, five mics even a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. That's a lot of waiting. That's a lot of waiting for nothing. Unless you really have something you want to say and work on, yeah. you can get in and out. But if you're the last guy at the mic every single time, like you're right. whole day. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you, what are you, yeah. <laughs> are you um, but New but New York, you can really hit four or five shows, especially if you're at that level. Um, I'll shout out Jared Waters as a comedian in New York who like even I think someone even documented it. I think he did seven shows one day on mm. a Saturday. Uh seven spots, I'll say seven, seven spots. spots. Yeah. And you know, he's going from the city, yeah. the Queens, the different parts of, of New York. And he's able to do this, I won't say with ease, right. but he makes it look effortless. And he he's a very funny comedian. Like, that's something yeah. that you like strive for yourself. Yeah. Maybe not seven. I mean, if someone wants to give me seven, sure. Sure. But <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly do it. It seems, but yeah. You can definitely do that more in New York where you're like, instead of how we would watch the show, we'd mark, watch Mark's show. Yeah, yeah. Um, New York, it's like, all right, I did my spot. Now I'm going to go over to the stand and do that spot. I'm going to go over to the uh, just this random bar show and do that spot like that. You can do that a lot, very easily. It seems, yeah, and it seems when that happens out there, this is, again, from my perspective, which is a very sweeping general one, it seems more of a legit choice as a working comic. I got two or three spots. I can run around town versus sometimes in L.A., um, like some of the big names. Do. I mean, you know, you do the comedy store improv, Laugh Factory. That's the course if, if you're at that level. Uh, but there's some some people that come running into flappers in a Yoohoo Room show where we got about eight paid audience members and they tell the booker uh, or the guy running the show, I need to go first. I got another set. It's like, uh, you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> no. matter. It's just, no, I, I, I hear it all the time in New York. You have to, especially with the character selection, yeah. I have to accommodate uh, mm-hmm. for that. And and most of the time, I think it, it works. Yeah. I like to, I think, my wrestling fan brain helps me build my lineups too. Cause I'm like, well, Oh yeah. I want to make sure it starts this way and builds and builds and builds and builds. Yeah. And, and God forbid somebody bombs, which does happen does, you yeah. know, sometimes or someone doesn't hit as strong. I'm like, well, I know I have uh John Cena versus Undertaker after this. You know what I mean? Yeah. If the Divas match didn't do well, and that's not a slight at the women comedians. The women comedians right. are great. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to use the wrestling example. Yes, uh, yes. For, for that, yeah. So that yep. no, you're good. But you, sometimes that also messes with your plan because a comic that you're like, all right, I'm going to this person the headline. They're like, I have to go first because I have four more other spots, and you're like, shit. All right, so now yeah. we got to juggle play with it again. And thankfully, more times than not, it works out. I look. I I've uh, booked and co-ran a wrestling company for years, and have been around comedy enough to know that they are pretty much the same worlds. And yes, sometimes a wrestler will lock himself in the bathroom because he doesn't want to lose a match, and you have to readjust because he refuses to come out. Sometimes <laughs> comics will do that too. Well, I, I I would love to have a comic lock themselves in the bathroom because they don't want to do seven minutes; was, they want to do longer. It was okay. a True story. And it wasn't even the same match. It was a wrestler I managed and he was supposed to do a run in much like Papa Shango at WrestleMania eight. But <laughs> later in the night he was booked in a title match, but he was booked to, to lose. He was the challenger and he was going to lose. And he didn't like that. And so for this spot, he said he had to go to the bathroom and he literally locked himself in a stall and we're out there waiting for where, where is he? Where is he? And, and you know, I was, I was the manager. So I had, I had to end up doing the, the interference, the DQ bit, but it's like, it just and, and this is in a boys and girls club in Simi Valley for thirty oh paid. God. 
You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, this isn't, this isn't the, the sportatorium in Dallas. This isn't the Coliseum. This no, is, you're not getting the Montreal screw job right now. Yeah, you are exactly. doing the show and get out there and take that out. Like, what are you doing? E- yeah. Yeah. Ego knows no boundaries as I think no. it strikes when it strikes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I know. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, but ego is also, you got to keep in check with, mm-hmm. with comedy too. Like, I mean, yeah. You can have a great string of shows or you can feel, especially New York, mm. you can feel like you're here from just one night and then something mm, <laughs> could happen. Or even the power of social media. You're like, oh, man, I did great. And they like, you're like, right. so forgot a friend. It's like, I just got past it to sell her. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, I got to keep keep climbing. So like, don't, don't, mm-hmm. you can't stay too into what's going on. Yeah. You can't stay too into yourself. Yeah, and yeah. I grab myself when I said that. No, that's great. That's well, a great, yeah. a great path to to take on the conversation about feeling that you belong in a good, healthy way in both ways. You know, yes, ego out of control. That's something you want to be wary of. But also, what I suffer more often than not is is my ego uh, attacks me and drags me down to where I'm like, I don't belong here. I shouldn't have even have flown to New York with Mark. I shouldn't be mm. on this stage. Two years ago, there was a comic that did a drop-in who's someone who's doing very good, very funny comic, but I just, I think he's one of those comics that says things that are designed to push and ignite and hurt people. But um, I felt, I, I almost wanted, I, I was like, I shouldn't be here. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, he's going to call me out as, and there's a fake comic and, Mm. and it just, my brain goes that way. So there's a balance to find. Uh, I, I spoke of your confidence earlier, but I I know you, 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 you probably have to find that balance too of, 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 especially in New York where you're hitting, there's so many great comics out there. Yeah, no, you feel it um, a lot. Or even when I have somebody on the show, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, he's, oh, he's He's way better, right. you know. It's not. It, it, it better might be the ter- the wrong term, but you're just like yeah. When you see something click with somebody like just so well, or you're yeah. like, and you're feeling like that. You're like, oh no, uh, mm-hmm. I got way more to go. But I also feel that way too. Like sometimes I feel like I don't belong. Um, is mm-hmm. I'm a more I'm a, I'm more of an introverted person, and comedy can be a very extroverted business. Yeah, even though there are a lot of introverts here, uh, you know, you go to parties or you see other people. And people are just can vibe so much easier, or even in a green room with people you don't know that well. Yeah, yeah. Some people can walk in and steal the room, and they could uh, make everyone feel welcome. Vince Chang is one of those guys Vince who is the host, yeah. usually for Mark mm-hmm. Ellis's shows. He uh, he will light up a room and make everybody feel special. Me, I will hide in the corner, let go, <laughs> <laughs> and then only talk to you if you talk to me. Uh, but, but sometimes, uh, you know, it takes it takes a lot for me to. Yeah. To, to feel that way. And I think you should feel that way. You are, you also improve every time I see you. Oh, thanks, uh, man. So I think, I think yeah. you're awesome. I mean, you dropped a, an album, which a lot of comics have not done or, yeah. you know, that, that's a big step. That's a big feat. Yeah, no, it, it took 20 years to convince myself I wasn't a piece of shit to do it. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> but also didn't have a good set recorded. No, and no, I appreciate it. I take the compliment of, of, um, you know, I, I left comedy a few times. I always joke about my retirements. I left in 07. I left in 2010. And I came back in 09 and I, I felt I had improved. Um, left again. Then Mark Ellis did try to bring me back in the nicest ways. He he didn't demand. He didn't trick. He said, when it's right, I think you should do it. When it's right, I think you should do it. And he did. And I had a, a, set, a 10 minute set at La Jolla Comedy Store in 2015 during San Diego Comic Con, like the first night. And the first um, five minutes were some of the worst things I've ever experienced. That that I forgot that the last five minutes were good. 
And oh, I think, uh, and he will always tell me, you, yes, yes, you, fine. You wanted the first five minutes. Yeah. You, you threw some incomplete passes. Um, I was like, well, the, the game was lost. It was snowed out. But uh, why, yeah, it's amazing how the mind remembers those first five and not the last five. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll always remember. Like, it's, I got to remind myself where I watch something back. Like, oh, this isn't as bad. Even yeah. some of the, like, well, I had a great time at New York Comedy Club. I was just like, something. Mm-hmm. I think, I think cause we were just not used to, um, the, the, the fans, I yeah. was like, did I do that? And then, you know, uh, even your, 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 your friends that Saturday, I was at yeah. uh, New York Comedy, New York Comic Con, they came up to me while I was working with my, my friend and they were like, this is the guy, my friends can't stop talking about you. Wow. You yeah. did such a great job. And then like, <laughs> awesome again. Uh, it's yeah. wild how self-esteem and ego can really mess with you. Yeah. But it really, like, it really was, um, it's, it, it can really, our brains really trick us to focus on so much negative mm-hmm. and negative stuff. And I mean, even the stuff around us, not trying to sound like mm-hmm. super thing about it. Uh, yeah. you know, I mean, we strive off negativity with the fandoms, star Wars wrestling, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Very, very like this sucks. Rose Tico sucks. John Cena sucks. Like, you know, yeah. and people drive off that negativity and not just things that we consume, but in our own minds and lives. Uh, and we really got to be kinder to ourselves. We really do. <laughs> Yeah, the previous guest on the show, uh, pro wrestler Adam Knight, outlaw Adam Knight, like uh, that's something that he and I will even text over. He's like, you know, hey, you're not being kind to yourself. Uh, I see it, I hear it, and and, and it's something to to work for. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, negative negativity drives. And I, I try. I I used to write um, for a short while. I wrote for WrestleZone.com, uh, which I think is still going. But I wrote in about 2010. Yeah. I wrote a weekly column for them. And I made sure read it. you probably did. I, I made sure every, <laughs> I had power rankings, all this fun stuff, but it was never, never designed to tear down what I saw. I didn't love every second of raw or SmackDown uh, or TNA back then. I was, I was covering all, cause I liked the 2010 TNA product, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I tried to be positive and it was amazing how it just didn't click with the audience. <laughs> yeah. No, people look for a place to bitch sometimes, especially the forums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The comment section. So when you do get something, or you're able to make something that is positive and you get like a big positive uh, reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it feels even better because yeah. uh, before my, my wrestling experience before everything else later was my brother and I, we made a site called three man booth. And the goal was to be the fun page, mm-hmm. the fun page. Like yeah. the worst we got was tearing down during a live coverage of raw where like we take, yeah. tweets and bad tweets and the bad tweets would be like even marie sucked it wouldn't be like even marie should go in a fire <laughs> to <laughs> die yeah yeah. So, yeah all these other things mm-hmm. uh and we would make fun memes and like just kind of things like that and we really enjoy trying to bring that positive spin yeah uh to pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans and thankfully we had people who rocked with us mm-hmm. uh for mm-hmm. a few years until we until we uh took our break but i think there's really something about being positive and hopefully finding that fan base that wants to be positive with you because yeah. it's so easy. Um, you can look at YouTube videos now where there's yeah. just like the problem with this and they have the yes. most, and there's no fucking problem with it. They just yeah. need to talk about something. Yeah. Like it, oh, yeah. it's so easy to be a piece of shit. Not to be negative. I don't know. Some people could be nice people putting on an act, but some people could be pieces of shit. No, no. It, look, man, I, I, it, it, my, my, my listeners, my followers know it. It's like, there's two things I'm trying to, 
work on in my life is, you know, be positive about myself, be kind of myself, but also, you know, show up for the people that show up for you. And that speaks to what you're saying about the audience, like three man booth, which I kind of vaguely think I recall seeing something about that out there in the wrestling world. So maybe our paths crossed unintentionally a few years ago. You were just meant. See, we have the thoughts. Yeah. You were thinking, I was thinking I was, of you this whole time, just like the comedy talk. Well, let's also not overlook the fact that um, we both have the same gray denim jacket and yes. jean jacket. And, but I this time. Oh, it's in my other room. I, there, <laughs> uh, I, I know you wear it often, and I wore it two years ago. I think uh, got some great photos outside the club. But I I didn't bring it this year because I was like, you know what? That is it in terms of pro wrestling. That's Kyle's gimmick, and I'm not stepping on his gimmick <laughs> in this region. I'm not doing. Maybe it. I shouldn't bring it in LA. LA, <laughs> I should wear a different jacket. No, no. So, so no. we're not. No. I, I, I call look. I'm not in the most perfect shape. I just I call it the love handle jacket. It does a oh, great yeah. job of yeah. making me look way slimmer than I am. I oh, in, so in, I love it. In New York, this last time I wore, I got I had two new baseball tees. Uh, the pink sleeve one, which was directly inspired by 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 Christian in the picture with him and Edge and others. I, I was I literally saw that picture and was like, I. I like, I'm going to order that. I'm going to track that down on the internet. And I did. That's um, awesome. I did not have a chance to to work out and eat less as much as I liked. So my entire set in New York, I was just trying to hold my belt and just like, <laughs> do I keep pulling my shirt down or not? I didn't feel comfortable. I missed my jacket. So I feel you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I am. I am the same way right now. I got to get into a much better shape. I just, uh, food is good. I live up the block from a Popeye's. That is hard. <sighs> I mean, and a Dunkin' Donuts. Like they, like, I mean, you, Hard. you, you, you live in a city. I don't know. I don't need to, you know, we don't need to dox you where your address is or your, your borough, but you live in a city in a general giant metropolitan area that I go to intentionally eat bad in. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I mean, when I go to LA, like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about in and out versus other places, but it, I go, my friend loves in and out. I love yeah. in and out. I, I don't, my hot take burgers is I don't, burger. I don't, burgers or burger. <laughs> my, my hot, yeah. my hot take is I'm not a huge in and out fan. However, if you put it in my hand, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. We get it with that animal fry, animal, animal fr- style, animal fries, burn, like everything he knows what to do. Um, you know, yep. we may have a little bit of things that used to be legal. I mean, that are legal in <laughs> L.A. and now are legal everywhere else. Yes, yes. And it's like the best fucking sandwich God I had. Maybe, it's, God maybe if I was there every day, I would yep. not like it as much. But I mean, that's I feel you. like that's every vacation spot, though. Sorry to cut you off. No, like, no, you you're absolutely right. You don't go to Italy for salad, you know, <laughs> you go to eat <laughs> and have a good time. And yeah. No, that's food. They, uh, years ago when Chipotle, Chipotle was just like, they had like three locations in LA and I would have to drive like almost half hour to get to the nearest one. And I would tell friends about it. There's this place called Chipotle. Oh, you can get, <laughs> and then they literally popped up everywhere. McDonald's of course was behind him. And at my work location, they put one and I kept telling everyone when that opens up, I'm eating there every day. I ate there once in like five years. What stopped it? It's like, it's too much. I, I went there once and I was like, I, I've looked out to the world and there's nothing more I can conquer here. I've had it. <laughs> We're good. Right. You're sitting there like Thanos sitting there. Yeah. yeah at looking at Infinity a War. overstuffed, less, not enough meat <laughs> burrito going burrito. I'm good. I'm good. That's my favorite thing about the, at least this is the different movie Endgame that like yep. they beat him up while he was cooking. Like, I think that's the funniest <laughs> just, fucking thing. Just a man yeah, who was just like, up. oh, hey, guys. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's his most apron. 
It's, it's, it's so funny. It's that and, and, and you know, Viggo Mortensen fighting naked in Eastern Promises. Those are the two most yeah. vulnerable fight scenes in, in cinema. <laughs> yeah, it's so vulnerable. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the broken toe, which is like a fact that every man knows and yeah. has to tell everybody at, every five minutes. Do you know? Yeah, I, I think we, yeah, and there's also that with wrestling too. In the time we have remaining, there's two big areas of what I want to close with some wrestling talk. Uh, I know you know it. Um, no, well, but some final stuff about comedy and where you're at with it right now. And I mentioned earlier, like the, the, this always this this thought of the war on comedy and 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 in these woke times with cancel culture run amok and <laughs> and I I I'm okay with boundaries being pushed. I'm okay with um you know, if you have thoughts and things to say, I think comedy and comedy clubs should be a place of 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 expression and I'm never there. But with, without a doubt, and, and New York is full of a lot of them, uh, as is L.A., there's a lot of comics, I think, that are just up there to, to hurt. Whether intentional or not, um, you are not one of those, and you say some some pretty truthful, direct things. I don't want to pin you down. I don't want to, I don't want to call out any colleagues. I'm not into that, too. We're all on our own journey. But, but how do you approach that? How do you think that all that's going on right now? And is comedy safe for you, Kyle? <laughs> Um, oh, in New York, at least. I'm not yeah. going to probably do comedy in Alabama and be yeah, like, hey, well, guys, Black Lives Matter. No, that's true. Yeah. I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know how. Maybe you're the people in Alabama will rock with it. Um, some yeah. of them. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I think uh, one of the early lessons I learned, I learned this in the improv class, actually, was that like comedy, people can tell when it's from a place of hate. Mm. When you're on stage or when you're performing something, you can tell when it's from a place of hate. Usually, yeah, um, yeah. I've changed now in the past 10 years, but they can tell. And like, just that was one of the lessons I always took with me to try to never have it come from a place of hate and to just make sure it's funny. You know, yeah. um, there's definitely some jokes. It's, uh, I, I, you'll see a comedy special and the comic may push uh, boundaries, but it's funny it's not like yeah. offensive funny it's like funny funny and then there are other ones where you see where you're just like okay they just want to hate on a, a particular group of people and you yeah. can tell that from what's being said or they're doubling down on the uh social media outrage which yeah. um which i do feel is a thing uh a quick yep. tangent on that i feel like now with the social with the uh comedy specials they're just people on social media ready to rip the entire yes. thing about part and review it like it's a a24 film it's not it's a comedy <laughs> yeah. it's a comedy special it's supposed to be a comedy special it's supposed to be treated like one yeah um but i think some people and not just with comedy but with everything just kind of live again about the negativity live for that stuff mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. for me is it safe i want to say right now yes i and uh yeah. uh i i try not to i'll make jokes i'll try not to really again hurt anybody it's yeah. never my goal um, I think it's funny It's certain parts of also what I consider safe, maybe certain parts of Brooklyn, Brooklyn's a weird place to do comedy, really? might not, I think some of the more liberal places well, I again, don't try and go hard with my boundaries Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. they tighten up over things that you'd be surprised that they tighten up over mm. um, so I just think um, yeah. I think it's safe I'll just say I think it's safe for me yeah, yeah, no, I, look, I, I agree with you in a major way, uh, but also I really thought that's a real insightful point of, of audiences can tell when it's um, from a point of hate, or at least you, you hope they can tell, because um, a lot of those hateful comics and podcasters certainly have a lot of fans. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. but that might speak to what's going on in their hearts, too. Yeah, and that's, I think my biggest 
gripe with it right now is, yeah, like I said, I, I, I have some things, I have some things, old jokes, uh, never done from a place of hate, but I don't use them anymore. Just the, the, the mm. topic, the approach, the perspective is not needed. I've changed my view on, on what my, my comedy is about, but, um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm in the spot where I see a lot of comics where I'm like, I think you think you're fighting for the right to say words. And then you, 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 you think a lot of the greats like the Carlins and the Priors and the Bruces were fighting for the right to say words. They weren't, they were fighting against oppressive regimes and yeah. oppressive <laughs> societies. It, um, it goes right over their heads. Yeah. It goes yeah, and that's my big spot. Not to get too serious, but I, I, I just scared because I've watched you navigate now. I mean, we've been doing the Ellis shows out there with you three, four years running, plus the the, the San Diego ones. Um, so I, I've seen you a handful of times now. I just respect the way you approach it because you, you you deal with stuff that's from your life. We talked about your truth and your confidence earlier, um, but you you do it in a way where I, I yeah you 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 find the humor in it, and I, and I think it's admirable in these in these troubled times. Um, <laughs> a lot so of troubled times out there. Right just now. wanted to get your thoughts on it. But oh. before we leave, before we leave, pro wrestling. I want to know your favorite wrestlers of all time, current days, whatever, and what draws you back to this wild, crazy, and at times problematic industry, but a great art form. They have all been canceled. No, um, <laughs> I, I will say, I'll, even in the problematic column, I will put The Undertaker. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's still The Undertaker. He's still the Undertaker. He, he showed up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I heard the gong on NXT. I'm like, mm, you know, he's still yeah. the guy. So he's still up there. Uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, yeah. um, Daniel Bryan slash Brian Daniels, anybody you're going to call mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, his real name is Brian Davis. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Orange Cassidy, I think, is really great in AEW. Uh, I need to explore him more because I, I don't watch, again, like I keep saying, don't watch a lot of it more, but his mm -hmm. so is his gimmick that he's kind of unaffected and lazy and over it is was that like what he, it, he, yeah he kind of has that like slav not slavish but like kind of like eh, I don't care gimmick but like he also is a really good wrestler like, yeah and that's all especially if you've been watching for the past four years you've seen that evolve from like he still has that laid back attitude mm. but he's still really really like he's just uh, he he still wants to win he's not gonna yeah. sit there and, and lose because he doesn't feel like it. Yeah, he wants to win it. They actually did a AEW storytelling doesn't always get the best love. Yeah, yeah. but they actually did a storyline over the past year where he was the international champion. And he was the international champion for almost a year, and he just it was always title defense after title defense after title defense, and they just kept getting harder and harder and harder to the point where like he lost to John Moxley, mm -hmm. uh, and people were like, "Oh, poor Orange." And now his quest is was to get that title back. Which he got back because of just storylines had to change, yeah. and his whole demeanor about it is even changing. Almost not feelish, but almost like yeah. now he really, really wants this, and he's gonna yeah. beat the shit out of anyone who wants to take it from him. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to quick keep going. I want to mention some women: uh, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Trish yeah. Stratus. Uh, I, I, I don't yeah. have as much time to even watch this stuff. Yep. But stardom, uh, mm -hmm, Nina mm -hmm. Shirakara is like the Japanese Japanese woman who like I'm enamored with, yep. not just because she's beautiful, but um, she's kind of like a diva, like almost like a throwback to the diva era. Yeah, like a, yeah. she used to be an idol, a Japanese idol. Oh, and wow. she kind of like or like a model, I think, and she became a wrestler. 
and she does this entrance where she does the whole car- uh, choreography number, mm, mm. Uh, which I'm like, what comes while well, a fake version of Danze Kanduro, no, 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 that song plays, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny to me. Um, I really like her. And one more Joshi, Joshi Japanese person, Maki Ito. I don't know if you ever seen her. I haven't, no. Where she, um, she was a fired idol and she legit comes out and sings her song before <laughs> her match. And she does a lot of hardcore matches and like speaks in broken oh, wow. English, where she's like, fuck you, motherfucker. And things like that. <laughs> um, I'll have to send you some clips. Please. But I, I can go on and on and on. No, no, it's great. No, you, yeah, you're, you're steeped in it. And, and um, no, some great names. I, you know, Bret Hart, Michaels were, were transformative for me, where it's like, you know, I remember looking at them as the small guys, right? The, the IC yeah. title guys and to watch the business change because it had to. Yeah, I think, you know, Undertaker and, yeah. Um, I don't need to sit down and talk about his voting record with him, but uh, I have more problem <laughs> with with Kane Glenn Jacob right now. Oh my he's god, actually, yeah, I don't even want to get into yeah, that. He's actually <laughs> That's a whole power. hour. <laughs> Undertaker just seems like a guy who's like, you know where I stand. You want to get a beer? Like, I, I, I can, I can maybe have a, a you know, yeah. thing of that. But yeah, no, Taker. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought up the the the, the women in wrestling because, um. I think it was beyond time, but, but there was, there was always great wrestling going on. We just weren't yeah. being allowed to see it for years. I'm a big fan of it. And yeah, and yeah, you know, Trish Stratus is, is who she is, but she morphed into just an amazing character and her comeback is on a hall of fame level on par yeah, with the no. rocks comeback. Uh, on par yeah, with I, Cena. And, and I'm glad you brought it up. I think it's important. No, I, I, I agree with all of that. It, and she's still, I mean, up even to this year, all, some fans may not have loved everything about it, she came back and she wrestled a pretty, I mean, she was almost like a full-time schedule. Right. Which um, is a testament also to some of these wrestlers like Trish Stratus, Edge, Christian, who are still doing this now. Right. And people are on like still, like when still. you watch like, sorry to say his name, Hacksaw Jim Duggan at a gym or Tito Santino <laughs> yeah, at, a, yeah. at a local match. <laughs> and you're like, still? Like, I mean, the shape Look, that they're in. Trust me. We, at MPW, it's uh, God, we booked uh we booked the barber that's all i'll say we booked the barber oh, oh and and he he started drinking about 2 p.m for a 7 p.m show and uh when he had those scissors out for the hair match we had that night it was it was it was it wasn't wrestlemania 2 i'll just say that uh, <laughs> you see yeah, exactly <laughs> and it's i mean that's a testament to their time and uh hopefully they're all yeah. doing well and, he, I mean, and I like by the way sweetheart but, he, he yeah. wasn't an a-hole he wasn't he was jovial he was good and he did what he was there to do but it was just like oh boy so yeah anyways to your point yeah trish is like the same age as me and you know a mother would doing yoga and leaping across the rings it's it's, it's, yeah, it's like, how, like how do you look better now than you did 20 absolutely i'm just like yeah. oh my god i'm just like oh i gotta get in shape wrestlers yeah yeah uh, well yeah trish's transformation it, it's it's she's she's obviously always a beauty but uh, she's it's a whole beauty now. It's just this whole person doing this amazing thing in and out of the ring that I think's what's showing. It's 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 one of my favorite stories in wrestling uh, overall. Just yeah. her, her comeback. No, I agree. Again, I could name a million people: mm-hmm. Oscar, Lita, uh, uh, yeah, The Rock. Lita. I could go on. I'm not yeah. gonna. I was I was like, let me name some more <laughs> black people. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, John Cena. I was a big John Cena guy. Yeah, even as a grown man, I really like John Cena. You know, look, big match, John. Man, five star John. I, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I, that that one. You know, I am a, a punk fan to the point. To a point, I, I oh, think too. I think uh, he is spectacular, and and I think his. I think his heart and intentions and point of view of the world are in the right spots. He's just, he's, he carries a lot of things going on inside that brain. Uh, and I think not all of them are 
or make his actions justified. But beyond that, mm-hmm. um, that that Chicago match, what was that, 2011? Oh, oh my God, that was, yeah. that was the most amazing things to experience. And that and that is is punk, but that was John Cena carrying a lot of that and knowing what role to play. I think he's absolutely an, a legend. That one and the Rob Van Dam. I was at the Rob Van Dam John Cena match. Uh, really? Yeah, I got to go. And that crowd, does they don't do it on Justice from TV. Mm. Mm. Um, although my favorite thing about that show besides that match was the Sandman making his debut because the year before he came out to enter Sandman right. and it was awesome and I was like oh I can't wait to sing it this year and then stupid Pepsi and then next <laughs> year um, he comes out to the knockoff and I don't think it came across on TV but the crowd starts chanting that song sucks that song sucks that song sucks it's, it's almost like he and had that, the um, he had to get a you know like I do for most of my shows a generic uh, licensed podcast theme because it's all he could. Yes, exactly. There. I still remember I had a brief podcast called Anything But Generic a couple of years ago, mm. and I didn't want to like try and get in trouble with music. So yeah, we got this one. I think Kevin McLeod who does like a lot of yes, yep, yep, Kevin McLeod. Uh, like <laughs> and, and it just goes down, So it's like in my head. Because I had to edit it. So yep. I embedded it in my head. There's, um, there's even when I'm ones. hanging out with those the people I hosted it with, if we start talking about something that sounds like podcast material, yep. I'll just start going. You just remember these. Yeah, there's some good ones out there. I like the ones I have, including the ones on this show. Well, it's amazing. And no, I love you, love wrestling. And I speak about the world in terms of wrestling a lot. So I understand your language there. And uh, yeah, I'd love it. Uh, we could talk some more wrestling some other time, but I, I don't want to keep it. I, I told you about 45 minutes and we're, we're going a lot longer than that. So I, I want to get you out to that Popeye's chicken. Yeah, I, I hope, I hope you guys are all listening that <laughs> they are. They are. Okay, let's close on something else. I don't want you to be like, all right, black guy, I want you to go on back and eat your Popeye's chicken. <laughs> it's my fault. I brought it up first, but no, I um, no, 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 no. It's just kind of a funny sentence. I actually have because I do like Popeye. Yeah, but I have a friend who blessed them. Uh, like she's she knows I like Popeye, so she'll send me different Popeye's locations. This white girl, and I'm just like, don't. I don't know how to tell you to not do this because it just sounds, it just makes me seem like, oh, look, like, like I really, like, 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 which I'm not at all. It's just good food. Like she, she was in another country. She's like, look, they have Popeyes here. There you go. Well, I would hope. There you go. You know, <laughs> but I love her. I love her so much. Just some good food. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, my my friend. It's been great to uh, get to know you over the years and just uh, uh, watch you work. I, I, you're one of my favorites out there. I think you're doing some great work. And, yeah, come out to L.A. some more and uh, let's hang. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, I want to put you over and tell them where they can uh, find and follow you and anything you want to highlight. Now's your time. Put yourself over, my friend. All right. Thank you. Um, and I feel the same about you. You are an awesome thank human being. You. Thank you, man. Very funny and Need to go out to LA. Yeah, hang. come ahead. Uh, I'll tell you I what. I'll break say, my In and Out uh, uh, self band. We'll go to In and Out. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll find some time. Uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere. Keep it five star. F I V E S T A R on all socials. Um, if you're in New York, Character Select Comedy is at the stand, especially November fourth. We are in the New York Comedy Festival, which is a Ooh. was a big goal for me this year. And I'm very happy to be in the festival. So we have a big show planned. Uh, so please come come to this show. Tickets are available at the stand and, and my Instagram website. I mean, on the Instagram links. Would love to see you guys there. If you're a fan of the show, tell me that you heard the podcast. Yeah. Um, and do all that. But no, it's going to be a, a great show. 
If not, then we're there every month. So yeah, until they say no, <laughs> hopefully they yep. won't. Uh, so no. very happy to be. There. No, great stuff. Yeah, if you're if you're listening, check them out and uh, tell them uh, tell them Ken sent you. Yeah, head on down to Kyle's show. Tell them Ken sent you. I uh, appreciate it for those listening, and supporting on Patreon. Thank you very much. You get this episode early and ad free. If you want to consider supporting, go to Patreon.com/slash Ken Napsuck. Of course, my special in my day uh, is out available on Bandcamp. That's the special edition of the album. And then uh, coming soon. That's right. I co-wrote some songs with some two wonderful musicians. That's right. I'm getting into the rock and roll game. Uh, the band, the Moon Age. Uh, we've got uh, our first single coming out November 3rd, available on Bandcamp and all the other spots as well. That's it, folks. We'll see you soon. Bye.